The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomapepe on SAFM. A couple of years ago in Cape Town, there was a litigation basically consolidating matters. It was all predicated on making sure that the development of law, particularly from communities or in contexts where such development to be in line with the constitution wasn't quite happening that way. In the context of Muslim marriages, this was certainly the case. And a matter was brought before the Cape Town High Court involving, among others, the involving, among others, I beg your pardon, the Women's Legal Center, who all wanted the constitution, or rather the lived experiences of women in Muslim setups, particularly children and women, to reflect the constitutional context in which South Africa has bound itself to ever since 1994. Masih Hamsamai is the director of the Women's Legal Center. Perhaps you can just give everybody who might not be aware of this litigation, uh, Siham, a bit of background, if you can take a couple of minutes, just to paint the picture in terms of what was the issue that went to court, what was the court's decision, what should have happened between 2018, August, and now, and where are we now? Thank you very much, and thank you for having the Women's Legal Center. Yes, I... I I firstly have to say that it has been 20, it has been a 20 year long journey for not just the women's legal center, but also the hundreds of uh, Muslim women who seek legal advice on, on, on technical on how to protect their rights in a marriage after the dissolution of that marriage. And we all know that um, religious marriages is not recognized. And unlike the counterparts, which is um, in civil marriages, civil unions and customary marriages um, don't have the same protection and it's not recognized. And therefore, many of these women that are married in terms of Muslim rights and also broadly religious rights um, only are unable to approach the divorce court in order to obtain a divorce order um, and ensure a just and equitable distribution of the marriage. So, I mean, we know that there has been numerous cases, which we call, I mean, it was done more on a piecemeal manner, where we looked at where the Constitutional Court um, amended the World Act, the Maintenance um, of Surviving Spouses Act, and um, Road Accident Fund Act. All of these acts were were changed over the, you know, past 20 years. Um, But at the end of the day, women still have to go to court to be able to firstly assert their rights, or or Muslim women. So you you were right at the beginning where you indicated that the full bench of the Western Cape High Court in 2018, and it was also during August month, handed down a judgment in which the court found that the state has failed in its constitutional obligation to recognize uh, Muslim marriages. And because of this failure, Muslim women were being discriminated against. And the president, um, during this uh, particular period, the president had to uh, bring in a, a, a process or a legislative process to be able to ensure that it's done within 24 months. But subsequently what happened was the, the, the state appealed the decision of the Western Cape High Court. And that is why we were in um, the Supreme Court of Appeal um, the past two days, which was 25th and 26th of August, to um, 
uh, the, 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 the SCI was actually tasked with hearing the President and the Minister of Justice in Constitution of the Development's appeal against this particular judgment. So that is what happened. That is how we um, came before the Supreme Court of Appeal, um, because the state uh, uh, appealed the matter um, uh, two years ago after, after we received the judgment. Now, the matter, of course, is it now at the SCA or is it before the Constitutional Court? Because you are no closer to having the, con- the, 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 the Parliament anyway settle on a legislation in line with that judgment. Is that correct? Yes. But like I said, it, we were before the Supreme Court of Appeal because the, st- the state, the president and the Department of Justice or the state appealed the judgment. Um, and yes. the matter yes. was set down for the 25th and 26th. And the Women's Legal Center and other parties um, also cross-appealed. And that was, we were supposed to have heard arguments, um, the, the law, you know, the two days, um, in terms of the appeal as well, well as the cross-appeal in terms of, mm. uh, in the Supreme Court of Appeal. But what happened was that um, it commenced on the 24th, 25th, but um, the president of the of the um, Supreme Court of Appeal, which is Justice Maya, asked the counsel of the president why the president did not, you know, why they did not want to recognize Muslim women's marriage during, you know, during this particular period. I mean, for Muslim women across the country, this this has been a key question. Um, and the counsel, I mean, it's been a year and a half, and the counsel for the president conceded for the first time in our 20-year journey that the government's position of non-recognition did in fact prejudice Muslim women. And that is as a result of, the, uh, of, of their constitutional right to equality and dignity and, and the rights of children, which were all being violated. So there were concessions made and um, the parties, this concession led to the Judge Maya indicating or advising the bench, or at least the bench felt, that a, a settlement or the parties had to talk to each other um, and, and, and they had to look at the settlement. So the parties, for the, for the past two days, I mean, they've been looking at um, the order. They can look at, you know, some form of settlement because there was major concessions made um, by the state. And um, the parties then have agreed to seek some form of resolution over the coming week in order to, 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 to look at, at some form of joint order. But um, the, prob- the challenge that they had also was that uh, the lack of instructions in the proceedings over the past two days um, from, the, from the state side, um, it could have been finalized. But um, because the, the state um, or at least the counsel for, for the state could not um, obtain instructions um, with the matter was postponed um, postponed for the parties to uh, come together and uh, to look at some form of... of no, 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 see, um, I think uh, the, 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 granu- the granular detail is not particularly important now, um, not yeah. because I'm dismissing it, but rather because I think let's go to the nub of the issue because ultimately we are focusing 
in the traditional sense of a previously marginalized or discriminated against community, yes. the Islamic people, generally speaking, or the Muslim people in particular. And now here, yeah. even within this discriminated community, there is, for the basis of this case, the discrimination or the unfair treatment in the context of the constitution of women and children, more particularly, as is the nub of the case, at the dissolution of that marriage. Of course, you would have come across that particular case, which is seminal in the context of this conversation, Bear yes. and Others versus Kailicha Magistrate, which was yes. about African customary marriages. And I think therein is the foundation, if you like, of your case in terms of the protection of women and children specific to you has to now be in line as custom does evolve. So religious um, evolution too is true that the society of the Muslim institution of marriage back then can't still be reflective of those times now when the socio-economic and political dynamics are very different. Do you perhaps then want to spend time focusing on why this is in and this is an important development within the institution of marriage in the Muslim community? Well, it's not just in the Muslim community. We all know that religious marriages in South Africa is not recognized. Um, and so broadly, I mean, this particular matter will also have, um, you know, consequences, repercussions on those only married um, in terms of their religion and not in terms of, uh, the, the, you know, the Marriages Act or um, any other um, uh, um, act. But so, so, so it, is, it is. It's quite an important case. But also in addition to that, we all know it's not just, I mean, they obviously related to customary marriages, but... We, we know over the past 20 years, there was Rylan versus Idros, there was the Daniels case. Up until recently, there was the um, uh, Hanukkah and, and case, which the Constitutional Court, um, you know, pronounced in terms of all of these particular cases that there is discrimination. And, we, um, and, and the challenge that we had was that when the, when the, the High Court you know, pronounced and said that there was a violation of rights and that the state had to remedy it. And they even provided a remedy, an interim remedy during this uh, a period. Um, and they gave the state 24 months to be able to look at some form of legislative uh, a framework to be able to ensure that women are, are protected, whether or not it was development of the common law, whether or not it was, you know, amending the Marriages Act or even, you know, whatever act or even bringing in uh, uh, legislation to be able to protect women. Um, that was an opportunity for the state to actually engage with the, the, the community um, and women in relation to this, but they didn't. They appealed. And the, the challenge is that um, for two days we... Um, where if you must probably, what happens, I mean, when, when an appeal happens, there's a, there's a range of things that get filed, and the state at the end of the day makes concessions um, that there is discrimination. So what does that mean? It means that, that what have you done and what is the, the remedy and what is the resolution at the end of the day? So it's, it's quite sad that... Um, it, it, it means that Muslim women continue to have their rights violated by the very government that has the obligation to ensure the rights realization. 
And this right realization was not just conferred, you know, in terms of the the um, High Court in 2018, um, but also in, in 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 all the other cases that preceded this particular matter. And um, so we are we are really hoping that the state would actually um, over the past or the a few week next week few weeks to be able to come together and come up with some form of remedy or resolution on how they are going to protect the rights of Muslim women. Because we all know, during this period, Muslim women can't really approach the court because it, it will be more, it will be the high court. We know that there's a challenge in relation to cost. Secondly, women have a challenge in relation to pension. Because that is one of the matters that is also before the, the, the High Court. As you've indicated, these are three matters that have been consolidated. And so you have um, a, a, one of the clients, which is not represented by the Women's Legal Center, but by another set of attorneys that look at the pension interest. And then we have maintenance. And then we also have the rights of children that is impacted. Um, and... You know, upon death, I mean, there is no processes that, um, that, that you know, uh, Muslim families can follow in terms of the master um, in relation to, um, uh, you know, death in a Muslim marriage. I of mean, calls. Siham, and Siham, these are all the Siham. challenges. Yeah. Siham, let me take a couple of calls, please, because we are running out of time and I do want this to be uh, a joint collaborative discussion. Let's go to Port Elizabeth. Babu Togo, good evening, Monde. Let me get down to it. Bungane, I was in Cape Town some years back as an estate agent and I worked out in the bank as well. Bungane, I used to accept letters by the Imam from the Muslim Richard Council saying married by Muslim rights. I never knew that um, women were not so happy. Now, Having said that, what about Bungale, the Muslim Judicial Council, with women participating, draft relevant laws or legislation, right, to reflect what it is that women want, right? For example, I am keenly aware of one case in Freetown, whereby this woman was a second wife, right? There was the first wife, right? Apparently, it will appear that the first wife was married by Muslim rights and the second wife was married by civil union. Now, Pumani, in terms of getting her rights, it would appear that the one married by Muslim rights get no rights at all. But all what was bequeathed by the husband went to the one married by civil union. Pumani, I am concerned if there would be any backlash within the Muslim community, because once the marriage is recognized, albeit by our constitution, once the marriages appear to supersede those of Muslim rights. Remember, it is a religion, but they are very much entrenched in the religion. For example, before I leave, our customer rights, people, once you are married, um, by customer rights, right? I understand, Bungani, I might be wrong, that you automatically, even if you've done it, 
you are automatically deemed to merit in committed of property. Bungare, good evening. I listen to it. It certainly is that way in the context of the last submission in relation to customary marriages and the deemed effect thereof. But just to respond very shortly to your concern as it pertains to the Muslim Judicial Council, while we're dealing with three cases all consolidated in one and they have been cited as the respondents there. So in as much as they might not necessarily agree with whatever the outcome is, they certainly are aware in terms of what is going on. And ultimately, the law is the law. The Muslim Judicial Council is no more than that. It's a council representing a particular interest. But if that interest is going against the grain of what the constitutional order requires, as would be pronounced by the courts, then that is what will prevail. Police are going on to say, greetings panel, for how long will women be denied the right to be recognized within the union of religious marriage? Why are they denied the right to be honored as a married woman within the rights of religious culture, right to practice the matrimonial union and have the benefits thereof. He goes on to say, how many more years will the Muslim and indigenous cultural woman be denied recognition? The denial of women in the marital rights belittles women. Thank you so much for your concerns and comments there. We might have time for a quick call and a quick call means 90 seconds. Please time as we normally do. Good evening, Anonymous in Durban. Evening to you, and um, you know I agree with the caller that's there, the, the your guest. Uh, every woman who's married, the same method, whether it's the supreme being wife or whether it's the second wife, third wife, or fourth wife, you, they all married via the same Islamic rights. So I think they all should be registered, uh, you know, by the English law and recognized as wife one, two, three, four. So when there's assets, it should be distributed with equality to all the uh, recognized uh, wives that are married via their own cultural rights, even in Hindi, even Hindu rights, or in any other race group for the matter. You know. Fantastic. Thank you so, I think. Thank you so much. And and also thank one so. other thing. Hello. Hello. Yes. And yes. also one other thing uh, is, you know, Muslims uh, that are, come from a white background should be registered as uh, Malays and not Asians. And we, we are all classed as Asians because we come from a white background but classed as Asians, which is not correct via the English law because they think we look like Indians, so we are Asians. We're not Asians. The people that come from a white background are not Asians. They are Malays. Whether it's a Durban Malay or whether it's a Cape Malay or whether it's a Portuguese Malay. I got you. Malay, I got you, Anonymous. We have Thank to go. You. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thanks. Thank you very much for your concerns. Do you want to wrap it up, please, um, ma'am? Because we literally have what? One and a half minutes. See, Hamza, my director of the Women's Legal Center, talking to us about this extended litigation, essentially, and more particularly, the extended fight for equality. Ultimately, this is what this litigation is on. Final comments. Uh, yes, thank you. I, I just want to uh, comment again and just say that the courts have over the years, um, you know, come to the, the protection of, of Muslim women. And it's now time for the state to be able to ensure that they provide those, that particular protection. Um, because the piecemeal way of going to court all the time, it is, um, remains one of exclusion and it's marginalization. And both of the callers, I mean, it's time that the that the state also uh, realized that uh, religious marriages need to be recognized um, within, our, within our communities. Muslim women have been marginalized, and I hope over the next uh, week, the state will come to that realization and that we come to a, a, a some form of settlement um, to be able to move forward. 
Thank you very much then, Siham Sumai, Director of the Women's Legal Center. Of course, the conversation has to continue because the litigation itself is not over. In fact, it's probably quite frustrating that the two years on, they are no closer to their zenith in relation to what the law will finally pronounce. Of course, there isn't a law to speak of because Parliament, given the fact that the litigation is now still going on, they couldn't possibly have concluded an, a marriages act as it considers the specific interests of the Muslim community. Thank you so much, David Thomas, David Thompson, for your contributions. We'll have to rush now. I'll read your comments in the new hour, everybody. Let's take a short break before we continue with 750 Amp.